In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Stars Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today I am rejoined by one of the hosts, one of the amazing hosts of our new oversharing podcast, clinical psychologist, and as you guys know, Jordana's sister, Dr. Naomi Bernstein. Welcome back, Dr. Naomi. Hello, Aileen. It's really great to see you again. I always enjoy our conversation, so I'm looking forward to this. too. Um, So for those who have not listened to the episode when... Oversharing just started. You came on with Jordana and you guys kind of gave us an overview about, you know, what you do and, you know, why you're doing this show. But for those who didn't listen, can you give us like a quick background of what you do, um, what you specialize in? Sure. So um, I am a clinical psychologist. And what led me to that is partially, and we do talk about this on oversharing, is Jordana and I and the rest of our siblings and family had sort of a complicated family dynamics that mixed in with a family that kind of talked about everything, sort of set me on this path to being very comfortable talking about emotions, being very comfortable exploring emotions. Um, and then it really was what 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 got me to the place of being a psychologist was actually a a breakup that I had in college where I was so devastated and I just like, I couldn't eat and I didn't want to do anything and I was just miserable. And then I said, I need to figure out how to not feel like this. So I started intellectualizing it and reading about it and trying some strategies and it worked for me. And I was like, okay, I think I've kind of figured this out a little bit and I can, help some other people. So that's kind of how I got started. And my my uh, theoretical orientation has morphed in the last, I'd say, five or six years to a mindfulness-based approach to um, treating depression and anxiety and couples therapy. I do a lot of couples therapy. So, um, But I use a lot of that mind-body connection stuff in all of my work. So that's why I thought it would be fun to kind of come on here and talk a little bit about um, mind and body and how we kind of just keep bouncing back and forth between the two. For sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation today. And we're going to be talking about body image um, and anxiety. It's so it's funny to hear like the origin stories of why you do what you do, because like knowing also Jordana, she started with the show You Up. This is just a dating advice podcast. Mm-hmm. It's and I know you guys talk about that on oversharing, like the um, parallels between that, how you kind of both went on different paths. Like yours is in, like uh, 
you went to school and she's like started a show and now you've kind of converged on this totally. podcast. It's it's so funny, but um, it's awesome. Your show is so good. You offer such great insights and it really feels, and I know people say this, people say it in the reviews, it really feels you're sitting in on like therapy, like free therapy. It's awesome. So oh, thanks again. Well, I'm so glad that you listen and that you like <laughs> yeah. the show. We really, we really want to help people. And I know that you guys too on this, yeah. on this show too. So we're really out there to kind of help people feel better about themselves and all their inter ours is more like interpersonal interactions and how to, you mm -hmm. know, deal with conflict and arguments or, you know, friendships and family and, and all of that. So if you're interested in that type of stuff, come take a listen over there. But I think you guys are doing great things here in terms of just helping people kind of live happily within their own skin. Right. Well, there's the relationship you have with others and then there's a relationship you have with yourself. And mm -hmm. with yourself, it's really like who you are and also who you are in your body. And a lot of people, myself included, it's taken me a while to sort of understand what that even means, like that your body is different than you or are they the same, like kind of that in and out. You know, a lot of people in the last, I, I feel like when I grew up, it was cool to just sort of hate your body, like like yeah. the weight loss thing really comes from wanting to change your body all the time. And you can't possibly have good thoughts about yourself if you constantly want to lose weight. Like you're yes. constantly telling yourself you need to lose weight. It's different than like, oh, I, you know, I could lose a few pounds here or there. It's, it's a different type of mindset that speaks to the relationship you have with yourself. And um, we talk about body image on the show a lot. But I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Like what kind of topics or what do you see usually when people come to you for issues involving body image? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what happens is they'll come in and I'm, you know, I'm not an eating disorders expert, although I did do my internship in a residential eating disorders facility. So I'm, you know, I know a lot about it, but I don't deal with it a lot currently in my practice. But a lot of people will come in with whatever else is going on in their life. If they're, say they're single, they don't want to be single or say they're um, dealing with a career change or they're dealing with a difficult relationship or trauma from their past or whatever it is. And then a lot of times what I'll find is that the body image thoughts just kind of get pulled in. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's say because you're always in your body. You're always in your body. You're sitting on a chair. Do you feel your pants feel a little tight? Or you feel kind of like that, you know, you hit a bump in the car and you feel a little jiggle. And so now all of a sudden, you're thinking about whatever that other thing is, like, I, I hate my job, or I don't know if I should break up with my boyfriend, or I don't want to be single. And then you hit a bump in the car and you feel a little jiggle in your belly. And now... Okay. And on top of that, I need to lose 10 pounds. So you just start, a lot of people get in this negative loop where mm -hmm. it's almost like a cyclone where you're sort of in this negative headspace, you're having this negative mood, and now everything gets sucked into it, including your own body. And I'm sure you've had the experience, I've had the experience of, you know, your, your body is going to be identical as it is right now, as it will be six hours from now. But if you eat something that you don't, that you feel regretful about, you're going to literally 
look in the mirror and feel like you're looking at a different shape, even though Mm -hmm. objectively it's exactly the same. But that's where that distorted thinking comes in from guilt or shame or, you know, all the feelings that we have around food and thinness and what we're supposed to look like and what, you know, the ideal body shape is and just not accepting, I think is the biggest thing that I can talk about with your listeners is the idea of acceptance. And sometimes what happens is the not accepting ends up making it worse because then you get Mm -hmm. into this cycle of needing it to be different than whatever it is. So um, we spoke a second ago about the idea of you don't like the way you are. So then you restrict your eating and you say, I'm not going to eat this and I'm not going to eat that. And then you get to the point where you can't take it anymore. And then you go flip flop on the other side. And now you feel terrible about that. And then you come back and you come back to the restricting and it's all, you're not accepting any parts of yourself. So I think almost looking at yourself and saying like this, focusing on the big picture of like my healthy body, my heart is beating, you know, my, my body is working. I can exercise, I can move it. I can see, I can walk, I can. And we get so far away from that, from trying to fine tune all the little details um, that it becomes like obsessive and it's a place for your anxiety to land. So when you're stressed about work and there's nothing you can do, it's going to come right back to, but I can not eat if I, I can't control my boss, but I can not eat breakfast or I can, right. you know, I was going to ask, is it, it feels like so, it's a control thing. Like you can't have full control of what's going on at work or a relationship, whatever it's friends or again, somebody at work or, um, your significant other, but you can control like what you eat. But even before you do something about it though, like even before you say, oh, I'm going to restrict, there is that moment where you go to blaming like yourself and this, and you start to like beat yourself up about it. Like you say, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a problem with me. Like my life sucks. You know, it's not like, oh, maybe that person isn't treating me well. Like you kind of go inward or you can go inward. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody, this happens to everybody, but it's a tendency and so why do we go to our body as a place of, I guess, insults? Like, why do we go to say, oh, and then I have to lose 10 pounds? Like, why do we go there? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I think a part of it is that it's like, it's visual, right? It's mm-hmm. something you can see. It's something you can measure. It's something that you can very quickly and easily compare on social media. And I think that's, you know, where a lot of the trouble comes in where, you know, maybe you start off following somebody because you're inspired and they have great workouts and you want to, you know, maybe they're positive, inspiring force. But then on that day, when you're having a bad day, you're looking at them and you're making that very quick visual comparison. So one of them is just that it's easy to see and easy to judge and easy to measure, you know, weight and size. What size clothes am I? How much is my weight? So it's something that's it's easy for you to wrap your head around versus I always tell people kind of like at the end of your life on your tombstone, do you want it to say weighed 115 pounds <laughs> you know, right, or right. do you want it to say was a kind, you know, wife and sister and friend and whatever, but like 
that's not as easy to measure. So I think it's hard when you see someone on social media to be like, well, how many kind things did she do today? And like, how many kind things did I do today? Mm-hmm. No, but you could see like what she looks like in a bikini and what you look like in a bikini. So, you know, you quickly go to that place of judging yourself based on these quick things that your mind can wrap its head around, make a judgment about and try to do something about it. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. And then there's also that next level of like connecting your weight or your the way your body looks with your worth. So when you say kind, you do some kind things. Like it's sort of like if I... I'm not this ideal body size, then I must not be worthy of being treated well Mm -hmm. or no one recognizes the kind things I'm doing because all they see and because all I see is what I look like. 
And I've been told that that's not an acceptable way to look. Right. And I wanted to bring up one thing too is, and um, for those listeners who are also back for second subscribers, Sammy and I most recently had a discussion about this like, and it's kind of crazy to talk about it as a trend, but um, that we're noticing that amongst the celebrities and things, even I had Dr. Devgan, she's a plastic surgeon on, and she's on her own. I was like, what are people going in for? She's like, it's crazy to see like people are looking for really like almost Kate Moss back in the back in the day vibes again. And it's funny because Sammy and I were discussing like all these celebrities are losing a lot of, lot of weight. And it's almost like this overcorrection to the body positivity movement because I've seen, I'm like, I'm in the circles where I see what people mm-hmm. say about all these things. And there's lots of people who are really happy about it because they feel accepted, but then there's a lot of people who are like, it's gone too far. So it feels to me like an overcorrection. And so now it's it's a trend in the other way. So I wanted to bring that up in, in the conversation or in the context of like, for those who are listening and feeling like, oh, f- mm-hmm. we're, we're relieved when the, the body positivity movement was making them feel okay. Now it's like, holy shit, how do I feel about myself again? How do I stay? How do I stay confident in that moment where I was confident? How do I stay true to how I feel about myself, regardless of what I see going out in the world? Right. Totally. Well, look, I'm, I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but I'm a big fan of like limiting your exposure to, especially when it comes to social media, just limiting your exposure to like, I'll tell my patients all the time, clean out your newsfeed. If there's stuff on there, that's like, you feel like is creating these negative thoughts, negative body image thoughts, just there's no need for it. Get rid of it. Unfollow, lose all that. Because again, then you're coming back to this. Your mind wants to, our minds are designed to be very efficient and they're designed to avoid discomfort. So if there's something that's making you uncomfortable, you're going to go very quickly to, okay, what's the solution? Okay, I need to look like this. This is how I, this is how I have to do it. And now all of a sudden, you're telling yourself that you're going to start this brand new diet so that you can look like because of that one little trigger of that one celebrity mm-hmm. that, you know, planted a seed in your mind about what needs to be different about you. Within 0.2 seconds, your mind wrapped itself around that, yeah. created a plan of action, and now you're ordering, you know, keto bars and, you know, whatever else you're <laughs> because of this millisecond of a thought. Um, mm-hmm. So I think so one is I, I would limit your exposure to people that are not, especially if they're celebrities and they're not like real people, you know, they're not even real <laughs> right. people like Let's that. Are, that. Have, yeah. <laughs> they have like chefs and all the, they, and the highest trainers and that's not a real goal. Like it's just not realistic. And that's their whole job is to look good. You probably have a real job and like, you know, an apartment that you have to clean yourself and whatever <laughs> stuff you have to do. So a bathroom that isn't just full of, it's just made of concrete, which is what the bathroom is. <laughs> right. So one is limiting the exposure and two, and this is something I really do want to talk about. And I talk about it a lot on oversharing is mindfulness. And by that, I don't, I sort of mean meditation, but I also just mean when you say like your relationship with yourself, Mm -hmm. what does that really mean? What that really means 
is how you talk to yourself. And we're talking to ourselves all day, constantly. And if you don't pay attention to what you're saying, you're just going to believe it because it's coming from within your own mind. And so if you have a thought because you saw a super skinny woman that you thought looked appealing, you're if you're not conscious of your own mental dialogue that you're having with yourself, which is literally the definition of your relationship with yourself. It's how you talk to yourself. That is your whole experience in life. So if you just do that mindlessly, then you're going to end up being swayed left and right by the trends in the media and by, you know, your mother's comment about whatever, are you really going to order dessert or you, do you really need to eat that? Or, you know, you're going to be just like swayed by everything because you're not keeping yourself grounded in like, okay, there, that triggered a feeling in my body that triggered a thought that triggered a whole stream of thoughts, but I have the power to either go there, follow that stream of thought and stick with that. Or I have the power to say, ah, no, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't even feel like me. That feels like someone else's voice and like get back on track with acceptance or whatever your goals are for yourself. Acceptance, I think is a great one to have, but mm-hmm. everyone has their own. You, I feel like you've just defined <laughs> like mindfulness in a way that makes so much more sense to me than before because I, I don't think I really understood mindfulness. I've always thought of it as like this like peace in your mind, sort mm-hmm. of this just like I know you're, you're, you're aware, uh, an awareness of your thoughts versus like how important it is because that's all you really have. You know what I mean? Like your thoughts are really all, I mean, your actions, but your actions stem from your thoughts and your thoughts that you have with yourself is really, that's it. That's the foundation. And I never thought of it like that. Yeah. It's very cut and dry and it's very logical. So how do you affect those thoughts? Like how do you positively affect those thoughts? There's so many, like if you stop and think, and this is why people have an aversion sometimes to meditation because of what you said. They think it's like, I have to quiet my mind and I have to think about nothing. And I have to like, it's really boring. I'm just kind of (laughs) sitting here. But um, if it's almost like you're just stepping back from your thoughts and like being, becoming aware of what they are, you, you will start to hear all the voices in your mind. You hear your mother's voice. You hear your best friend's voice. You hear the quote unquote voice of the you know, trends on social media or a conversation that you overhear between two women at the nail salon that are talking about their new diet. Like all those voices are like running through your mind. So I think just being conscious of all the voices that are in there that are not your own voice Mm -hmm. and just kind of recognizing it. And whether it's in therapy or just like on your own, figuring out like, what are my intentions And then having that like ready to go. So I always tell my patients like have a mantra that you're ready to use. So when you notice that you're being distracted by the voices, the negativity, the, you know, um, whatever else, then you can have it ready to come back to like, you know, I accept myself the way I am or whatever your own personal mantra is, or I am happiest when I accept myself the way I am. That's a great mantra where it's not like, I'm the most beautiful when I accept myself the way I am, or I'm the thinnest when I accept myself the way I am, but I am happiest, you know, when I accept myself the way I am and just kind of having that ready to go. So when you feel like you're getting pulled, you have like a grounding 
anchor because most people move through their life without real intention. There's no like guide guiding light. It's just like you're like a leaf blowing in the wind for most people. Yeah, I think that that's that's accurate. And I think not only are people just floating through with no intention, they are often have like you were saying, like other people's opinions yes. driving all of their actions, rather the opinions of themselves. And I feel like that's where you kind of learn to know yourself because you have to trust your own thoughts over other people's. That's the part that's hard. Yes. And I feel like it comes with yes. maturity. Mm-hmm. How do you, how does that happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's recognizing that like my intentional thoughts about myself actually make me feel better. So there's like a reward aspect to that once you allow it to happen and you realize like whatever your mantra is, if you come back to it, it makes you feel better. But one of the things that I, I spoke about it a little bit on oversharing was kind of this, this inner child ex- exercise that I do with people and people that struggle with body image. This is very helpful for them too, because they can bring themselves back. So we do a session where, and a lot of times it's about trauma or abandonment or, you know, these things that cause like attachment issues and relationship Mm -hmm. issues, but it can work for body image too, where you sort of bring yourself back in a session and you could do it. You could try to do it. Anyone could do it on their own. Relax, get into that like relaxed kind of mindset through, you know, a relaxation exercise and come back to a moment in your childhood where, say you went to grab a cookie and, you know, somebody made a comment about it or uh, whatever a, a moment was in your life where you got a message from somebody else that has kind of grown like a poison in your psyche over all these years and kind of come in and see that little child, that little girl, that little boy or whoever it was, almost just visualizing this that little child that was sitting at the dinner table or whatever it was that was trying on a dress or whatever it was, envision her or him and then envision your, your adult self now coming in and kind of reparenting that child in the way that you needed to be reparented. So coming in and saying to her, you are perfect just the way you are or whatever the message was that you needed to hear in that moment that you didn't get, almost like giving it to your your child self, the one that had this little poisonous seed planted that's grown over the course of these years and you know, doing this visualization exercise where you can kind of reparent yourself and give yourself that confidence or that acceptance that you didn't get as a child. And it's very healing because sometimes it's hard to be kind to ourselves, but when we picture ourselves as like cute, sweet Mm -hmm. little children, it's much easier to be kind. Like I'll have people bring to the session a lot of times, like a photo of themselves from the age when they felt like that happened, that seed was planted or bring in just a reminder or a song that they were listening to at that time. And just kind of bringing themselves back to that time where you can look at that and that little sweet, innocent child that was given that message of non-acceptance he or she's still in there. They're still in there and they're still feeling those same feelings that they did. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. 
you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was actually thinking about this. You know, I have a daughter and kids, you know, they don't, they're not like aware of where their clothes are. They crawl around naked, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my, she, she has a t-shirt on and it was just like her belly was just, it's so cute. It was out showing whatever. <laughs> but I, I, my initial instinct was just to put her shirt down. But then I like, I stopped myself cause I was like, why did I do that? Yes. I was like, why did I just want to cover her stomach up? And I was like, then I literally do what you said. I'm like, who did that to me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, and I was like, maybe if somebody didn't send me that message early on that I need to cover, like there's something wrong with my, I mean, yeah, sure. Like in terms of just, you know, going out there, like I'm not walking around in a bra, but at some point I was set, I was told like, you know, you got to cover up because that's, you know, you don't want to show everyone your stomach. It's not that like that message. And I may, maybe it was the intention was not that my body is not good, but I maybe it took it that way. Right. And so I was thinking about that exact thing today, actually. And uh. I was like, somebody must have told me that. And I wonder if it didn't happen that way or it was framed to me in a in a way where I understood why I was covering myself up, not because I wasn't, it wasn't good enough, but it was just, you know, we, we, we just cl- wear clothes out, you know, outside. That's just right. what we do. Right, right, like right. Like if, if maybe, maybe it would, I would have a different relationship or I would I think differently about my own body like growing a, up. Like a, a pride in it. And I do think exactly. there is, I do think there is this feeling of it probably, there the message, the messages that I see are like, if your belly is small, let it, let it go. Stick it out. Wear the belly shirt, right. you know, wear the bikini, wear the two piece, wear the, th- but if your belly is big, let's cover that up. And I do think that's a real message that goes out mm-hmm. there, but we don't, that's a perfect example of, and this is so hard to do because of just a society that we live in and it's very frustrating, but that's an example of a message that you can recognize that you're getting mm-hmm. and um, choose to, to follow it or not follow it. You know, and exactly. I, it's, it's funny that you it's say it because I do a similar thing with my kids where like, I'll always like just touch their bellies, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I have one daughter that has like a, a little belly and I always touch it and I always rub it. And I always like tell her, like, I just, it's so delicious. And I just want her to know that this is a part of you that I love. And this is something mm-hmm. that's like, okay. And it's not something to be ashamed of. And a lot of us did not get that message. Um, right. So I think it's, you know, looking back and figuring out where where that came from. And it really is just taking the judgment out of it. Like what? It, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no difference. It's the same. It's, it digests your food. It holds your organs in. It, yeah. you know, it's the same structure and function. And somewhere along the line, it's arbitrary. That one belly is more shameful than 
mm-hmm. another belly, you know? Right. I want to ask you though, how does food come into play here then? Because that's like a different like territory. Like how do we, at what point did people with who more and more are realizing they may have like a disordered relationship with food, wh- wh- wherever you are on that spectrum. Like, how did that start to happen? Like, how did we start to have this like negative association with food? Or when did we start using it as a coping mechanism? Because I know there's a lot of like, you eat when you're bored, you eat when you're emotional, you eat when you don't want to feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? why is it food? Right. When did that happen? Right. Well, look, I think part of this is we're fighting against our DNA and we're fighting against our nature. You know, like back in caveman days, if there was like a mango tree, there were probably battles over, (laughs) you know, the possession of the, of the mango tree because it's sweet and it's sugar and it activates, you know, dopamine receptors in our brain. So there is just this genetic component of like sugar feels good. Sugar, we're, we're designed to seek out and obtain sugar um, because it's high in calories and that can sustain us for a long time and, and all that kind of stuff. So I do think there's like this uh, evolutionary piece that we're fighting against. But I also think there's a part where it has been used emotionally and it has had these emotional implications where, and I do it with my kids. I don't know if your daughter's old enough for this yet, but like okay, you didn't behave while well, you're not getting dessert or, oh, if you're a good boy, you're going to get a treat. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of parents do use food to manipulate their children and to reinforce this idea that, you know, food is a reward. Food is something you can look forward to, right? right. That's like, I always say, like, I kind of, and I think a lot of parents do this. They dangle the carrot of the, you know, even the doctor's office, which is supposed to be like the healthiest place in the world. They're like, <laughs> do what you're supposed to do and you'll get a lollipop at the end, you know? Um, so (laughs) yeah. So we're using it to manipulate children's behavior. And then as you get older, you start to realize, okay, this is something that I can use to get me through a hard time or to get as like something that I can find excitement. Cause I mean, the truth is when you're a kid, you're not drinking alcohol. You're not, you know, gambling, you're not in a romantic relationship that feels exciting. What, what else do you really have, but sugar to activate that, like those Mm -hmm. dopamine receptors. So I think we learn at a young age that that's something. And unfortunately we have to eat all day, every day, (laughs) but uh, you know, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this on here, but you know, mindful eating is a way of sort of just recognizing again, like the conversation that you're having in your mind about before you're eating. Like, what is this about? Right. Why am I choosing this right now? And I'm not saying to do that to say, like, talk yourself out of eating the cookie, but even to, you know, talk yourself into eating the cookie or whatever it is, but just being mindful about it, you know, doing it with intention instead of just like, you know, feeling some discomfort in your body that you're not even really paying attention to. You're Mm -hmm. feeling it and just like very quickly processing what that is and like reaching for the food to make it go away yeah, without stopping and pausing and like doing it with intention. Definitely. I think that, um, and yeah, we've definitely talked about that and how that like can happen in stages where when you're completely not aware of it, which I definitely have been in 
years, years ago where you would just, it's like you could binge or you just eat without thinking. And the first really stage is not really to stop, but it's just being like, okay, what am I, why am I doing it? Like, Mm -hmm. did some, am I uh, worried about something? Am I upset about, did I weigh myself and that upset me? Like, you know, like did something bad happen at work and I'm just, it's something I can't control. And so therefore I'm just, so like there was that, it was like understanding it and then later figuring out like, oh, can I deal with those emotions? And I know you talk about, um, you you did this early on in oversharing is like feeling your feelings. Mm -hmm. Could you share again, like for people listening, what it means to like be in your body and feel those feelings while you try to figure out what is going on? Yes. So again, and this is where it really plays into food and eating and body image um, is so all of our emotions live in our body. So people say all the time, I'm anxious. How do you know you're anxious? Let's pause for a second. When you say I'm anxious, what does that mean? Does that mean you're starting to have like that tingly feeling before you start to sweat? Does it mean you're having like a nauseous butterfly feeling in your stomach? Does it mean you're um, starting to notice that you can feel your heartbeat when you couldn't feel your heartbeat a few seconds ago? And a lot of times we don't stop to figure out where our emotions live in our body because that that's what it is. You feel a feeling in your body and then your brain comes in and creates a definition around it and says, this is sadness, this is anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the feeling in your body comes first and a lot of times we don't even realize it. So when we talk about feeling your feelings on oversharing, whether it's um, sadness and like, how do you know you're sad? Okay, I, I'll just speak personally, right? When I start to feel sadness, I start to feel it like in my head, in my neck, like that lump in my throat, that like my face starts to fill up with fluid. I feel almost like the tears forming like behind my eyes and my nasal passages. And I'm sort of like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what sadness feels like. And sometimes if you can make it physical, it takes the power out of it. Cause a lot of people will like, they'll, you could run 10 miles. You can do a spin class, like, which I, I, you know, I hate spin. It's like, (laughs) I just feel like it's so painful, but people can do these like painful exercise things. But when they feel anxious, it's like intolerable. But if you focus on like, what's the physical feeling of anxiety, it's really not intolerable. It's a racing heartbeat. It's a nauseous in your stomach. It's a physical thing. And if you can almost like feeling your feelings, it's sort of like, instead of getting into your head to try to strategize out of the anxiety. What do I have to do to make this go away? I have to not eat or I have to eat or I have whatever it is. I have to exercise or I have to make a plan for what my chart, I'm going to make a chart to chart my food. Those are all the things that I could do to make this feeling go away. Or I could breathe. I could pay attention to it and almost like watch it go away by itself. Like Mm -hmm. watch the nauseous feeling in my stomach when I'm triggered by Kim Kardashian or when I'm triggered by whoever it is, watch it happen in my body and just patiently breathe and observe my nausea. Okay, there it is. It feels like it's like a 10 out of 10. Then like five minutes later, it's like a six out of 10. And then 
within 15 minutes, if you just patiently watch it and wait, it usually at the very least subsides somewhat, if not entirely goes away. But most people don't do that because in that same 15 minutes, like I said, you've ordered 40 meals on, you know, online and you're, you know, right. You're throwing out all your clothes and doing something about it when sometimes all you have to do is just wait and it'll go away by itself. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's interesting also about, I think maybe we did talk about this one thing, like the language also that you have or you're equipped with to label those feelings. Like your brain Mm -hmm. is only able to call whatever you're feeling according to what it knows. So if you only know a few feeling words, Mm -hmm. you group a lot of different physical emotions into one and then your experience of it is based on how your brain has labeled it. So like if you say like a few different ways you can feel anxiety, but if you had like different, like you could sometimes being nervous feels like anxiety. But if you were to say like, I'm actually just nervous. Okay. What am I nervous about? Oh, like I have this big meeting. What would help me get through that meeting versus, oh, I'm tingling. Oh, I'm anxious. Oh, I need to eat. Or like, oh, I need to like well, whatever makes you feel good. Maybe it's taking a shower, whatever it is. doesn't right. have to be like, um, there's nothing wrong with going to eat. It's just whatever coping me- mechanism you do to to fix, quote unquote, fix yes. what you're feeling yes. instead of feeling what you're feeling. What are the benefits of feeling what you're feeling versus fixing what you're feeling? Totally. I love that question. Um, the benefits are that fixing it usually doesn't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. It usually just creates, like strengthens the avoidance of the feeling. So if you feel whatever that feeling is, and then you go to fix it, then you're going to feel it again. And then you're going to have to fix it again. Then you're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. Like we talk about sometimes on oversharing, like, okay, right. Like Jordana will talk about, well, she was so anxious about meeting her, meeting a person And so she like goes out and she dates and she does whatever. And then she meets the person and then that anxiety is still there. And she's, then she needs to just fix, okay, now we need to get engaged because like I met my person. So now I, the next fix is I need to get engaged and you get engaged and the next fix is I need to have a baby. Then you have a baby and the next fix is, well, what if my baby is this? And so if you're constantly just trying to fix by doing, you you get less of a tolerance for the feeling. So but if you just can sit and feel the feeling, you almost take the power away from the emotion. So 
if you can learn like this will go away by itself and I can just sit and feel my feelings about it, then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have that same feeling, that same nauseous, that same heart beating, that same thing. And you're like, okay, I know what this is. I don't have to be afraid of this. Like last time it went away in 12 minutes and this time maybe it'll go away in 10 minutes. So like it desensitizes you a little bit to the intensity of your emotions when you sit with them, when you jump to avoid them, they get more and more powerful because it's like something screaming inside of you. Like I need to be heard. And the thing that needs to be heard is like, I'm judging myself. I'm criticizing myself. I'm hearing my mother's voice criticizing me (laughs) or my father or whatever it is. So just let that express itself. When you run to fix it, it's like you're just kicking the can down the road. Because you're not fixing, you're coping, really. Like you're co- you're trying. Right. And coping is really just kind of, you're dealing with it, but you're not addressing it. Right. So I think that is helpful to use like a si- situation that I know a lot of people talk about publicly. Sure. I Like having a bad body image day. Like having a bit be- where you just don't feel good about yourself, your body. And you're just like, I'm having a bad body image day. You just kind of accept it. But some t- to get even to the point point where you say I'm just having a bad body image day before that I feel like I feel like that's a a win because mm-hmm. before that even before you say that because I think that's feeling your your feelings it's sort of accepting that like not every day is going to be I accept my body. It's amazing. It's right. beautiful. Right. It's really it's just a moment instead of right. like a whole identity around it. Right. It's a day. It's a day and you're, it's a moment in time. And you're not doing any. You're not like, oh, I need to go sign up for whatever. I need mm-hmm. to go sign up, get spend X amount of money for a trainer because I need to go fix it. Mm-hmm. It's not like a defining moment. It's really just a feeling moment. Yes. So I think that that helps frame how, why it is actually beneficial to like, to feel those things because they don't, like you said, they take the power out. They don't take over. They don't affect the rest of your life. They just affect the moment. That moment. Yeah. And it's that moment. It's not going to be forever. It's going to be whatever that moment is. And then yeah, eventually our bodies want to be at homeostasis. Our body doesn't like, it's like that fight or flight mode. And we're not Mm -hmm. designed to stay in fight or flight it's an emergency reaction. So we used to have an emergency reaction to like, you know, a, a tiger chasing us. And now we have an emergency reaction to a supermodel, a Victoria's Secret model. We have the same like emergency reaction of like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe in this body. I'm not, I don't feel good in this body. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to be in a different place than I'm in right now. The same safety reaction that we had as cavemen, um, so we're not designed to stay in that all day. You're designed to like fight or flight or freeze or whatever it is. And then your body wants to come back to homeostasis. It's like designed mm-hmm. to come back to homeostasis. You just have to let it. Once we yeah. start getting our mind in there and saying, okay, I have to plan. I have to do Now you're not even giving it a chance because you're giving it all these tasks to do that you're not letting yourself have the time to just like let it do its thing. Your body will do its thing. It'll calm itself down, but you can't start giving it a bunch of other stuff now to worry about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Naomi. I appreciate the time. When does oversharing come out? Can you tell us about um, that? And are you taking new patients? I know you do groups. Can you tell everyone about that? Yeah, sure. So 
Oversharing is on the Betches Network, um, and it comes out every Tuesday. So you can check me and Jordana out there. Um, and I am not taking any new patients right now, but I am running um, a group that still has some room in it. So if anyone is interested in joining a group, it's an interpersonal relationships group. So it's very in line with what we talk about on oversharing in terms of um, just getting validation and support from other people that are going through similar struggles, whether it's friendships or relationships or parental relationships. Um, you know, there's a, a great kind, it's a mindfulness based group. So I always put that out there. So you have to be open to mindfulness and that as a healing tactic. Closing your eyes in front of other people. <laughs> yes, so we do. We do it's like do a some, really uncomfortable thing. <laughs> yes, we do do some closing our eyes in front of each other. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it can be awkward at first, but it really is. Group therapy is very powerful. And I, you know, sometimes it can even be more effective than individual therapy and it's less expensive. So I'm a big fan of it, which is why I started these groups. So um, if you're interested in joining, you can, um, Jordana always makes fun of my email address, but uh, you can reach me at drnaomi at yahoo.com. Oh, you millennials. I can hear her. Laughing and laughing. Um, so, yeah. Um, you you, yeah. you stay true to that Yahoo email. It'll <laughs> be cool again. I'm accept- yeah, maybe it'll come back. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you have to accept it. Um, well, thank you again so much. Everyone go check it out. Um, and you can follow me at Aileen. You can follow Diet Starts Tomorrow at Diet Starts Tomorrow. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Batches.